0: wrestling perspective podcast i'm dennis ferrell and the man to the north of me america's top hat the greatest canadian podcaster to live in michigan that's a professional wrestler currently right now probably sitting on a couch wearing a t-shirt it's pd williams
1: how's she going eh i think you hit everything on the head right there like just i am sitting on a couch in a t-shirt uh probably the best canadian you know wrestler podcast that lives in michigan that's a current wrestler maybe the only one as well but yeah wow that's good yeah well you really know, good
0: in order to make it not a lie so the fcc won't come after us i had to make it very uh on the head there
1: yeah like very specific I mean I don't think anybody even falls in that category that you mentioned right there. I was nominated and since I was the only nominee in that category I won the award. And that's great. There you go. So what's been up? What's new with you Peter Williams? Um not much, you know. I they got uh, Impact Wrestling airing tonight uh not uh on the show live. Uh, I think uh, I was on a throwback. A- every week they have um you know, I, I think it's like Global Wrestling Network. I don't know if they call it a throwback or like From the Vault or, or something like that. Kind of like an old type show. And I think it's only like a four or five minute segment. Um, but they always air that. And I think I this one this week, uh, from what I heard, I'm I'm wrestling Liger on that one. It was from Sacrifice 2006.
0: What do you remember
1: from that match? Um, I remember we were doing like some sort of international x-cup tournament of some sort don't even like I, I can't remember how they did the points and stuff it was so back in the old impact days when it was tna a lot of the stuff was so like contrived like just you you as a wrestler that worked for the company you couldn't understand it and when they tried to explain the rules to the fans like once you expect them to like understand it and like keep track and all this stuff it was ridiculous like there was like uh some singles matches but not everybody was in a singles match i was one of the singles matches i don't know how many points it was for um then there was like tag matches and then like maybe a ladder match and then an ultimate x match and they all had different points and stuff like that and maybe there was a big gauntlet I, I have no idea but i just remember them saying like hey you're gonna wrestle liger at the pay-per-view and i'm like cool you know so um, I asked like Alex Shelley and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, like what should I expect? Like kind of getting my head in the game. I'm like, cause when you uh, wrestle a guy, that's a legend. I mean, and he's older. I'm like, can, can he go anymore? Like, I, I don't, I, I know what I used to watch of him, but I don't know if you're going to be getting that same liger, but they're like, yeah, yeah. You know, watch, she'll ask you to do this, this, and this. Oh yeah. I just worked them like, you know, two months ago and it was great. So on and so forth. So we went out there and, uh, you know he was totally cool with everything. Um, you know he even gave me the liger bomb and all that stuff, and that was that was great. And uh, you know I just the, the, we put together the match pretty quick. You know I had some ideas, he had some ideas, and then we just uh, made it happen. And then it, it was kind of weird because uh, he was in a group like the Japanese group, and he's like, "Oh, we're heels," and I'm like, "Well, just so you know." I've been playing a heel here for like over two years and they kind of don't like me. So it was just, it was weird that they, and I've never been a babyface in the company at that time. They beat me down at the end and kind of laid the Japanese flag on me and people actually booed. Like it was, it was bizarre. I'm like, I thought maybe they would cheer of They, they put so much sympathy on me that it kind of made me the babyface at the end of it. Um, so I, that, that's one thing that I uh, remember specifically. I don't even remember how the match ended. I think he did. He didn't even do the Liger Bomb. It was some sort of, I don't know, awkward type move that I was like, I've never seen him do before. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. If that's your finish, let's let's do that. So And it was a match, and I, I really enjoyed it. How was the communication?
0: Was does he speak English? I don't know any of this, so I might as well ask.
1: Um, that's a that's actually a good question. Um, you know, how do we communicate when, you know, English speaking Japanese, whether you're in uh you know, Mexico, um, all that kind of stuff. So I know I don't speak another foreign language, so you gotta do something. But Liger actually he spoke you know pretty pretty good English. I'm assuming he well, I, I know he has wrestled people all over the world, um, non-Japanese speaking. So um, it wasn't it wasn't tough. Um, I, I know, like last week when I wrestled uh, Ishimori, he speaks less English than Liger, um, but still, it, it was it was easy to call just because I knew all of Ishimori's stuff. I've watched him wrestle before, so I can say something like, "All right, uh, shoot corner." Um, Rey Mysterio spot and he knows what that means is when I shoot him in the corner he's going to dive through the second rope and then crawl into my legs and go uh, out through the other rope and then hit me in the stomach and then do a springboard Rey Mysterio type uh, Sint-Ton move so it's, it's relatively easy when you know what the other guy does and with Liger I've seen him wrestle a bunch before I know his moves so he just says it and I'm like okay yeah I understand it so not as difficult as a lot of people think it's almost like wrestling is it's a universal language i mean you can you and i can watch japanese wrestling um with japanese commentator and understand what's going on in the match for the most part
0: okay okay so i i see what you're saying and and that still translates into ring action then
1: yeah i mean absolutely you can if you tell – you can watch wrestling on mute, and I'm sure you've watched wrestling on mute before when you couldn't turn up the sound at some form or another, and you could still enjoy a match. It's just – it's better with commentary, obviously.
0: Nope, never um, have.
1: No, it's no, not? No, I don't know. <laughs> Probably. I, you're you're right about that. <laughs> it depends what commentary you're listening to, right? <laughs> right. So then – Oh, man.
0: So let me ask you about a tweet that okay. i saw earlier in the week that you talked do you, you actually it was from uh austin creed or desmond xavier not desmond xavier austin uh, creed or uh you know
1: xavier woods yeah
0: uh xavier woods tweets out and i'm gonna ruin this when i read the tweet by the way because there's a story here that i i want you to tell have, okay. Have you ever played doorknob safety? Or e do you even know what it is? Now, Petey, you yeah. replied to this tweet. Your yeah. reply is I hated playing this game with you, especially that time you called safety in the ring and it turned into a shoot fight not cool. <laughs>
1: So, um so a little, little exaggerated,
0: yeah. but oh 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 no, you cannot back down from this tweet. Now we're in an age where everybody's tweets gets over analyzed. You're talking, sucker. You're talking now.
1: Well, I wouldn't say it turned into a shoot fight, except for like a shoot punch pretty much. Um yeah, I mean when you're in the ring, so he, here's here's the game, right? Somebody farts. Let's start off with that, because I don't if people don't understand that game, like he all he all he tweeted was doorknob and safety and all that kind of stuff. People are like, what are these guys talking about? You know wh- what happens? So um, if you fart, if you pass gas, um, you have to call safety. If you don't call safety before somebody else in the room calls doorknob, then you have to go run and touch a doorknob. So um, man, we used to play that. Just when you think the game's over, like it, it was like an ongoing thing for years. Like. And sometimes people would fart and you wouldn't be with the proper people and nobody would call doorknob. So you wouldn't have to call safety. You didn't know if you're playing that game. But apparently, like, anytime somebody calls doorknob after you, you know, you fart, you, uh, it's game on, right? And if you, as you're like, you know, say if you're on the other end of the room, there's a, you see the doorknob. Um, when they call it, you have to run and touch it and they get the chance to beat the crap out of you until you get to that doorknob. So, that's the game, pretty much. So, when you're in a wrestling ring and, you know, you make a joke to fart, not thinking you're playing in the wrestling ring, right? Like, and he says, doorknob, I can't run. And, I mean, where's the closest doorknob in the wrestling ring, right? Unless you're in a cage match or something, maybe. But, I mean, there is none. So, then, you know, you take your shots and then it's like, okay, let's move on because, we have to get past this match. We can't end this in a shoot fight. You just beat me up the entire time. So uh, that's that's pretty much all it was. I mean, we did a lot of stuff like that. What? wait, wait. What match Arrested. was it?
0: Do you remember what match it was?
1: I have no idea. I, I, it was, I think it was a house show or something. Like, it's non-televised. Um, Might have been a tag match with multiple people. Um, now you're asking me to remember matches <laughs> and all that stuff. You know I can't do that. I've got to ask interviewer type
0: questions here. When you talk about being in the middle of a wrestling ring with one of the hottest wrestlers right now and you fart and the, someone calls, you know, safety and you doorknob. got doorknob. I'm sorry.
1: I wasn't listening. I I
0: should have. I should have called safety. And you didn't call safety.
1: Yeah, I should have fired said safety um, and that would have been the end of it. You and then didn't. he would have just had to suffer my horrible gas that I just passed.
0: So what's the conversation in the back like after that goes down?
1: Oh, it's all laughs. Like, I'll, I'll give you, like, um, because, I mean, it was so, I mean, you wouldn't think you're playing in the ring, but I guess you are. I mean, that's, that's, that's the rules of the game, right? Um, I, I remember one match. This one, I know we're in England, but, it, again, it was – uh, just a house show. And it was myself and Sanjay versus the motor city machine guns. And Sanjay and I, we teamed up as a team cause we were both like, you know, heel X division guys. So we would wrestle like the motor city machine guns or LAX or, or whatever team. Uh, it, we were just two guys thrown together. Right. And we used to always do this one move in our heat. It was called the bully punch. And we used to call it in the back, like, listen, Pete, he's going to hold you. And then Sanjay's going to punch you in the stomach, but like a bully, like, you know, like the big uppercut, like kind of like Biff Tanning would do from Back to the Future. Um, but like Sanjay would wear a glove and he would take it off like nice and slowly, finger by finger, uh, do the velcro and take it off. And then really like we were milked it for like a good 30 seconds as I was holding the guy and then he would just punch him in the stomach and the guy would, you know, sell like he was shot. Like it was like our finishing move kind of. Just so ridiculous, right? Right. So it. I have Alex Shelley held, right? And Sanjay's doing his whole spiel where it's like, you know, taking off his glove, and Alex Shelley just whispers to me, he's like, "Listen, you're gonna have to cut me off because I'm gonna no sell the bully punch and start chopping Sanjay." <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to laugh a little bit. And I'm like, okay, so Sanjay's doing the big build up, right? And then gives him the bully punch, thinking Alex Shelley's gonna sell like everybody else always sells. But Alex Shelley just looks at him and starts chopping him right. So (laughs) in Sanjay's face, when Alex Shelley didn't sell, was like, oh my god, like I can't, almost like you kicked out of my finish or something like that. And then I cut off Alex Shelley from behind and then pin him, and I'm just laughing like out loud, like you could see a smile on my face like ear to ear um, in front of this 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 England crowd. And I'm just saying, oh, that was so hilarious! That was so funny! That was awesome! Because <laughs> Sanjay, after that chop that Alex Shelley gave him, he like bumped and like rolled right out of the ring. He's like, "This is ridiculous! <laughs> What's um, going so on?" So it's all good fun. In the back, like I'm, ex- I'm like, oh, I wonder what Sanjay's gonna say, right? He just said, "Man, that was hilarious!" Like he can't say anything else. It was, it was hilarious.
0: It sounds, it sounds very. Uh... So as a fan. This, what date this time when you would have guessed
1: this happened? Uh, Probably in like, mm, oh, I don't know. It was between probably 2005 and 2008. So 2006 or 2007. Uh, I'm not, when were the Motor City machine guns start forming? Were, that was probably like, a, what, a 2006, 2007 thing? Mm-hmm. Maybe a 2007? Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we—it's just we don't do house shows anymore. So having this fun, we used to do so much ridiculous stuff that the crowd would like, but it would never work on on TV. Like, and you've been to independent shows, right? Like, there's so much ridiculous stuff that they're like, oh, that would never make it on TV because, you know, it's great for the audience. The audience is really into it, but somebody watching at home is saying, oh, this is ridiculous. I can't have this fun because I'm sitting here here watching it at home i want to be in that crowd kind of but um you know I, it's just everybody does it on house shows you know like, you've been on house shows with me they're like oh why is that guy wearing a different gear and i'm like that's just house show gear you know why is he wearing a shirt to the ring he's trying to sell shirts we're at a house show you know like all that kind of stuff so it's just a different atmosphere more laid back in the house show
0: can you still have that kind of fun in the television match
1: um, probably you could try. Um, it just, it might not fit with one's character. Um, it's, you can try, but it I don't think it would, would, you know, translate over on television, like television, you're, you're strapped for time and stuff. And Uh, You know, there's stories that have to be told and certain camera angles that have to be hit. There's just so much more involved rather than you're just playing to the house. You know, I remember Terry Taylor used to say, um, you know, when we're in the impact zone, we'd have anywhere. I don't know how much that held 800 people or something like that. He was like, listen, the fans are props, just like the ring, just like the lights, just like the championship belts, all props. He's like. What like who we're working for is that, you know, camera right there because there's potentially millions of people out there, and it's like oh that's 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 a good point and that's why you never really see me turn my back to the camera, because I understand like there's potentially millions of people out there, and there's hundreds of people in the crowd, uh, maybe a thousand, whatever the case may be, um, so it's just it's a lot different atmosphere. Uh, I mean you've been in my matches where I wrestle indie shows kind of take my time more get the crowd involved um when you're on tv you want to get you know the people sitting at home involved um not so much you do want to get the crowd involved but um it's not all about the crowd now now it's about the people sitting at home as well
0: have you had a fun moment since being back in this impact
1: yeah you, you oh man we talked about it man um that the Gredo's birthday party? Well, oh, that's right. You're right. We did talk about yeah. that. Yeah. That was that was great. I mean, he had Brian Cage. They didn't film this because Brian Cage is built up as a monster, but I'll say it. You know, he's a super athletic guy. Uh, but they had him break dancing in the middle of the ring. He did it like one of those spinner roomies. And it was phenomenal. Like he did it great because he is super athletic. But they wouldn't show that in film. So that's the type of stuff you can do for the house because You know, I, what would you say? There was like 800 people there or something. Yeah. You know, they loved it. I mean, that was the most into the entire, well, maybe not the most into the entire night, but they were so into that. Nobody left the building. We had Madonna playing on the speakers, Mm -hmm. just doing stupid stuff. I took a stunner. I took a stunner. All right. Like that, that, that birthday party couldn't have happened. Like it happened. Um, if it was televised, it just couldn't have. So yeah, I mean, fun and like even after my match with uh, Ishimori, I know that we were dark. Um, the the camera's already turned off. I knew, you know, uh, he's part of the Bullet Club, and people are giving him the you know all the two sweet uh symbols and stuff. So I, I gave him a two sweet, and he gave me the two sweet back. I mean, that's great, right? And the, the house loved it, but they're not going to show that on a TV, obviously. So I always try to plug in things um, where I can have fun. Um, and do a little bit something, something extra for the crowd as well. Is that,
0: uh, is that the best story you have about Wrestling Woods?
1: Um, I think... Or Creed. Ma- maybe, yes. Uh, I mean, we had, like, and he's mentioned before, like, um, his... I don't know if it's now, but, like, when he went on the Jericho's podcast uh, a few years ago, Jericho asked him, like, what was your, like, best match you ever had? He mentioned my name. Yeah, P.B. Williams. And it, I remember it. It was uh, 2008, and it was, like, August, like, 10th, I believe, and it was in New Jersey. And I knew it was, like, he was challenging for the X exhibition titles one-on-one, and Creed hasn't had, like, too many Uh, like pay-per-view one-on-one matches, especially for an exhibition title. And I just made sure like he got in all his stuff, you know, we just went out there and tore it up for the amount of time we had. And uh, I thought the, the match was great and you know, he loved it too. And he was like an up and coming star at that point. And it it sucked for him because he had a gimmick that wasn't working. It was like, even though it was like an Apollo Creed gimmick, it was like really pro, America, like, rah-rah, babyface, which at the time, people didn't want to see that, right? They yep. want wanted kind of like an edgy-type character. It was based so off the they,
0: Apollo Creed, right?
1: They, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but still, um, you know, when he came out, people were booing him because they are like, oh, he's just like a total, you know, 1980s babyface. Which, if you do that now, maybe in 2018, people might cheer that because it's so, it's kind of retro, you know? It's like, oh, it's cool seeing this again. But at the time, it wasn't going to work, especially in New Jersey. And then I came out, and, like, I was, like, the baby face in the match pretty much. Um, So, in a sense, I felt bad for him, but we still, like, tore it up. And uh, that's probably the best match I've had with him. Um, And, you know, I know we've done other types of matches against each other. I know we did a three-way. But, you know, he was still coming into, like, his groove and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I left when he was still with the company. And then he left to go to WWE, and look at him now. He's having... You know these great tag team matches with like the Usos and stuff, Um, so yeah, I mean all all good for him and stuff. But you know I don't have I don't think I have any other fun stories about about Woods.
0: Would you say Uh, what at what point did you start clicking with him as somebody you kind of either hung around with or had fun with?
1: um, Well, he came in. I thought we had a show in Atlanta or maybe it was like Slammiversary or something. And he came in and uh, I don't know if it was like a job match or something or they were debuting him. I can't remember, but he was friends with Jimmy Rave. And then um, I I didn't know if they they were signing him or how long he was going to be here. You don't really like really attach yourself to somebody if they're only going to be here for short term. Um, But Jimmy Rave was a guy that we hung out with as well. And then, you know, Creed was like, hey, can I, you know, like would hang out with Jimmy and then Jimmy would obviously hang out with us. So, I mean, it was it was a pretty short time where, you know, you realize like, oh, this guy's a, a cool dude, um, you know, like he's young and hungry and he has our sense of humor and all that kind of stuff and um, he plays video games and, and just he's in the same age group and, wrestle wants to wrestle the same type of style and all that kind of stuff so i mean it was it was relatively quick i don't remember when but it was it was uh it was relatively quick do you still talk to him um not as much anymore i know that uh if i ever need like tickets for somebody for one of the shows or whatever i can always go to him and he'll hook us up um but not so much. I mean, a lot of WWE guys, I don't. I know they're busy. Uh, they wrestle like four of the days of the week. They literally like get home. I have pretty much only one good day at home that's not a travel day or maybe two good days. One day they're probably doing laundry and stuff or going to the gym, whatever it is, and it's like – or spending time with their family. So, you know, it's just – it's tough to keep up pretty much when you're wrestling that full-time schedule.
0: But that's interesting i you know i i never thought about that we've talked about this off and on throughout the podcast year uh you know your why you do why you don't talk to some of the past guys and you never really take into account as a fan the what they do when or if they have downtime
1: yeah i mean it's not i remember rhino when he wanted to go home uh He'd be like, okay, I'm gonna go on my boat or whatever, you know, on my day off or whatever the case may be. It's like, oh, you know, you you try to do something that you want to do and just kind of do you, not have to worry about wrestling or doing media appearances or anything like that. And I know they're bombarded with it because, you know, they're 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 a huge company and they have a lot of media to do and they have pretty much, <laughs> I mean, they have a they have a WWE show like every single day of the week if you really look at it. I mean, with their TV, their house shows, their NXT, um, all that stuff, it's like, man, what, what? when do they get a day off? Maybe Thursday? Well, they're probably doing house shows on Thursday. Who knows? But That, that makes sense. I mean, I didn't think about that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, coming off of uh, – I, I like the schedule now with Impact. I mean, coming off these tapings, we did, what, pay-per-view and then two – Two TV tapings, and that'll take us through, and then we go back, not this weekend, but next weekend, right? Which you're going to be a part of?
0: I, I am coming. Yes, I'm excited about that again. I get to tag along. Hopefully, we can better work out the sleeping situation.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe uh, this time, um, you know, you can take the bed. I, I, I don't know.
0: I, no, no. I doubt
1: that. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say you're the one that has to perform, not me. I don't mind it. I just when I say work out the better situation, I mean let's not wait till zero hour to
1: figure it out. No, that's the best way to do it. Is it? You should have. Yeah, you should have a backup plan, and then you lay the sympathy on him. Like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna drive here and do. Oh no, you're staying with us. Oh really? You know, so you did have the bet. You did it absolutely perfect last time. Can, can like I, you had a backup plan. This is what you're going to do, and then you were invited along. No, you're staying with us. Here's, no man left behind.
0: Can I can I tell you a inside story that I feel like sure. will get a giggle or two? Yeah. So we're driving back, right? And I'm sitting there looking at the prices of hotels. And on this trip, normally I don't. I think this trip and this coming up trip, I'm on a budget, you know, tightening up the pants, saving some extra money. I had uh, you know a certain amount of money I couldn't exceed it. So we're driving to the hotel, and I'm going. All right, uh, I can either drive an hour and a half outside where you guys are, which is already an hour away from the stadium where we where you guys were filming, and get a room for eighty dollars, or I can just tell them I'm doing that and just sleep in my car tonight and save a ton of
1: money. <laughs> um. Yes. Um, you, you could have did that. And you know, it was perfect when Jimmy asked you like, Hey Dennis, where are you staying? And you told him like, yeah, you told him exactly that. And he's like, Nope, you're staying with us. And I don't want people to think I'm like a, no, you no, know, an a-hole. You're not, not because inviting you. First of all, we talked was about in this. It wasn't my room.
0: Yes. Uh, you're right. Let, let's throw this out there. We had talked about this on the write-up. I knew going into it that I'm on my own when it came to getting a room. I knew that I still decided to come up and risk like do I you know the rooms are expensive inside Toronto and the whole trip I'm like do I deal it's a clean car I could sleep in the car save money I sleep anywhere in my in my mind I'm thinking all right we'll get done with the show we'll get back by the time I drop you off it'll be like 1 one thirty in the morning uh, if we go out and have drinks two o'clock why would I waste $110, 80-some-odd dollars on a room for a couple hours when I'd have to get up at 8 a.m. just to be back to get you and put you back where you needed to be early?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good way to look at it. Um, that's Yeah, I mean, but but I they, they are you. long days and early days. Yeah, but, absolutely. But I also wasn't going to tell you that. I
0: knew I would end up telling you on the podcast for that uh hey you're finally living the wrestler life
1: oh yeah man i've slept in cars many times and even when i didn't have to i remember uh i don't know if i told you about this place that we used to um stay at uh when we were in kentucky or in around that area it was uh chris hero's house uh uh cassius ono Mm -hmm. as he goes by in nxt now um but it was called. We called it Wrestle House because that was kind of like the midpoint where a lot of wrestlers would just go and and crash pretty much. Chris Hero, I think like, uh, man, who else lived there? There was a couple other people that lived there. One of the guys that owns like Shimmer or whatever lived there, and then this other wrestler named Mark Wolf. So it was like a three guys lived there, and it was like kind of like a townhouse pretty much. And one time there were so many people in there, I'm like. I I don't even know if there's floor space for me to lay down. I remember like pretty much half the roster from the show that we were just at was staying there. And I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm like to Jimmy, Jimmy was on the show. I I was like, "Jimmy, I'm going to go sleep in the car." And I just kept the windows down. It was nice summer night in, you know, Kentucky, and I just rolled down the windows and just I slept in there. I mean, you got to do what you got to do.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking about doing. It was like, "Look, you crack the windows, uh, I I even was like, you know what I'll do? I'll pull on the other side of the hotel you're at. That way, I'm right there in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I I know. And like, hey, Dennis, we oh, I'm just here early to pick you up. But like, the funny thing is, you're th- you're probably thinking, oh, I'm in Canada. There's nothing ever bad that happens in Canada. And then what happens that night, like after the pay per view? A shooting. There was that that shooting in Toronto. And I don't even remember – I don't even think I've ever heard of a shooting, like a mass shooting in Toronto before where, like, 14 people were injured or something. Then it made me think. I'm like, geez, like, where are we right now? So anyways, that's just a little side thing.
0: No, I'm I'm absolutely with you because I was like – because I wasn't going to tell you because the last thing I ever want to do is make you feel guilty or mad or sad. Like, ah, Jimmy, my bullet. You know, I didn't want to put you into that position, so I'm like – I'm a big boy I can handle it it's a well-lit parking lot I can fall asleep here I'll get cleaned up in the morning not an issue and Jimmy as I said on the last podcast that we did uh went above and beyond and to him it was probably just you know wrestler etiquette like oh you got a buddy nah he can stay with me but to me as an outsider PD Williams friend that went a long way with me
1: yeah, and I mean, the the way the, the hotel's set up, it's almost like two rooms, right? You had yes. the bedroom, which Jimmy stayed in, and then you had the living room, pretty much, with the fold-out couch and stuff like that, that, that we stayed in.
0: Can I, and say, can I just say so, something? So, I mean, he... That was yeah. a weird room, as far as, like, the air conditioning. Like, it was, like, blowing loud, but no cold air, and it was, like, a damp blow too did you like wake up like kind of that damp sticky like you slept outside camping or something
1: no i slept great but um (laughs) um, oh yeah that's right you got the couch
0: and then i got the weird chair that wasn't quite a futon and wasn't quite long enough
1: that was like a, a chase they call it a chase lounge chair or something like that i think that's what they call it um but, yeah, it's like it's like it was a sectional couch, and only half of the sectional was there or I, something like that.
0: Now, I feel like because I went to sleep immediately, and you and Jimmy went off to do creative talk. I feel like yeah. when you guys came back, which I don't even know how long. I was out like a light that you guys kind of came over like a loving parents and said, look at him. He looks so cute sleeping, and maybe you tucked me in a little bit.
1: Um. If that's how you want to picture in your head. I uh, we, I like, we, weren't, we weren't gone that long. We get back and I think Jimmy's words are like, oh, this effing guy I forgot. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> that's, that's No, he Jimmy didn't say I know. That. We just Actually, we didn't come in at the same time. I think he went downstairs to get something in the lobby. I went back to the room and then when I was like getting ready for bed, he kind of strolled in, looked at me, and then just went to bed. And then played that sweet song in the morning. Remember that from Office Space? Yes, that we debated. Like, yeah. And by the way, I won. I was so happy, even though it was two against one. I, I won that one. You were. Right. Um, but uh, w- I knew it was from Office Space, just the wrong scene. But yeah, like I, what was it? Like I just want to be a gangster or something.
0: It's something like uh, that. Yes.
1: Yeah, but little did I know. I'm like, man, I forgot about this song. I forgot about the Office Space song. So I. I started listening to it like the next day or two, and I'm like, "Man, Ghetto Boys are sweet, man!" Like, so I'm like, "Hey, I wonder where they are nowadays, and see if they're all still alive or whatever." And they are. And did you know that Bushwick Bill, one of the rappers in there, is is a little person? He suffers from dwarfism. I had no idea. He's three foot eight. Really? Did you know that? I didn't know. Yeah, that. had n- blew my mind. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, ridiculous. Like, I just blew my mind because I've never like actually seen them or anything. They were a '90s rap group. I mean. But anyways, yeah, it was a great morning, and One more question. Ghetto Boys was
0: on. One yeah. more question before we move on. is: we spent this whole podcast talking about uh, hotel room wrestling etiquette, big question I want to know is, Jimmy had the bed. You, yep. you had a fold-out bed. I had the couch.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: is sleeping etiquette? Like I just assumed it was okay. I got my boxers covered up and went to sleep. I left my shirt on. Now, is there a unspoken code where you have more than two or three wrestlers in a room that you don't,
1: you know, X, Y, and Z? Um, so it depends. Oh, man, that's a good question. So it's okay to sleep in your boxers. I mean, that, that's what it is. You can wear nothing but your boxers. That's okay. Um, now, you know, I'm an older man now. So the, the sleep clothing, the boxers is still fine, but how many people to a bed is now one person per bed back in our, uh, old TNA days. We're all in our, like, you know, early twenties, mid twenties. We're just, you know, wanting to save money cause we're traveling so much and we're trying to put as much in our pockets as possible. So we're doing like, um, uh, at one point. When we first started doing it, we were doing like four to a room, but only two like queen size beds. And all we're doing is like, okay, you hug the corner, you hug the other corner, and we're going to sleep. Um, and then that kind of started getting ridiculous doing it every week. So we're like, listen, we're going to start p- paying the extra 10 or 20 bucks. We're going to get a suite, and which has like two beds, a fold-out couch, and then you can order a cot so that at least we can all sleep in our own like separate areas kind of. So it, it's evolved with us. It was kind of like we kind of agreed upon to a group, like how do we want to do this? Um, we don't want to get multiple rooms because that can start getting, you know, hefty in price a little bit later on, especially when we have to rent a car and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we would always rent a minivan. Oh yeah. We would like pack everybody in the minivan, like a soccer mom. And we would just go to the show. It was great. Love the minivans. Um, but yeah, I mean that's pretty much etiquette. You can sleep in your underwear, that's cool. Um pretty much one person per bed. It'd be interesting to see what the, you know, what the young guys are doing nowadays. Um I should probably ask him next time I see him. What?
0: And I know you're not going to answer this, but I'm still going to ask you it cuz everybody's thinking it and I don't I don't want PD Williams to give me the PD Williams, you know, oh man, that's a tough one to answer. I'll probably give you that, but go ahead. I want to name P.D. Williams, who was the worst person in the room with. Just oh, e- Jay Lethal. Really? I'll wow. say
1: that right. Yeah, and it—he it, was great. Like, I'm not talking about like, oh, he left a mess everywhere or when he shaved. He left this, or everybody had their own quirks, and I, I could tell you about him. But Jay Lethal, and we still have heat to this very day. Um, he was—he's a, a very loud snorer. I mean, snoring is like. The major like faux pas, and and when you're rooming, um, it was tough with Jay. I, when I first start, when I first roomed with him, man, what was the? We had a pay per view the next day. We just got done a house show. In the room was like, I, I had to share a bed with Samoa Joe, um, so I'm like hugging a corner. I think AJ and Daniels are sharing the other bed, and then Jay Lethal sleeping on the floor. And Jay just kept snoring. And I mean, we were only gonna. And the reason why we all shared a bed. I think we were only getting to get, like, three hours of sleep before we had to get up for our flight. And I'm like, there is no way I'm getting no sleep. So I started, like, you know, first it started with a pen. I just reached over and grabbed a pen from the, you know, nightstand and threw it. Still snoring. Finally, I grabbed, like, a magazine and I, I just threw it. I can't even see him. I just throw it next to the bed and it nails him. And apparently, I find out later, it nails him right in the face. He gets upset. Jay's a little emotional. And he get, he goes downstairs He's emotional, like, you know, not emotional. He's very delicate when it comes. He knows he snores. So it's kind of like, I don't know if he's embarrassed by it. So when you, like, kind of call him out on it, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a touchy subject. So he just stayed downstairs for the next, like, hour and a half and sat in the lobby. So I felt bad about it and I apologize. But he still brings it up to this day. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. It's just that I was sleep deprived. You were obviously already sleeping and I haven't got any sleep. So at least we each got a little bit of sleep he's like, you didn't have to throw a fucking uh, – sorry. You didn't have to throw a book at me. And uh, I was like, it wasn't a book. It was a magazine, and I couldn't even see you. So anyways, um, we, we we still have heat to this very day. Met like 10 years later, 11, 12 years later. Um, you know, I know Sanjay, right? Sanjay, watch him brush his teeth. I don't know how. He looks like worse than my like three-year-old daughter doing it. Like he has – it looks like – he almost is shaving because so much toothpaste gets everywhere all over his mouth. Like it's, it's ridiculous. I'm like, dude, what are you, a little kid? Like, like it's going all over the place. I'm like, how can you not keep your toothpaste in your mouth? And uh, you know, Chris Saban, when he shaves, like he has a full on, he has a full on like zip up jacket that goes all the way up to the neck, and he shaves in that. I'm like, dude, how are you shaving with shave cream? With a full jacket on. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Um, so there's just a lot of ridiculous things from people that – and I'm sure they can name something about me that I thought – like, you know, but I did ridiculous. But everybody has their thing pretty much.
0: I mean, other than you taking the fold-out bed and only sleeping in one little sliver of it and having 97, 98 percent of the bed <laughs> wide open while I tried to cram my old bed butt into a small square space
1: to sleep. I think you were great. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't take up. I mean, I think I'm just used to it, you know, with Life. you know, being at home with my wife. Yeah, and then my, like, three-year-old jumping in a bed with us, and then she doesn't lay, even though we have a king-size bed, she doesn't lay, like, um, you know, up and down with the bed. She lays, like, horizontal. So it's like her feet are in my back and, like, her head – is in my wife's back, like trying to like separate us or something like that. You guys that. are like an just, H. Yeah. So, I mean, usually I only sleep on 5% of the bed anyway, so I'm used to it.
0: So can I throw this out here for me, you, and just being you, ain't nobody listening. Maybe the tens of people <laughs> who download this podcast. Let me ask you now, are we friends enough yet
1: that we can share a bed? Um, If this were 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I'd say, yeah, because, but now, like, I don't care, um, I, I just, I can't share a bed when I, when I go on wrestling trips anymore, I just, I can't do it, it's like, um, I'm not that young to do it anymore, you know, but if, the, the, if this were back in my 20s and stuff like that, and you were rooming with me, yeah, definitely, I've we are definitely, I Close think. enough to share a bed. Will this change
0: your mind? I've been told I'm a great cuddler and a soft touch.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, maybe we could do that then. Maybe we could work something out. So why didn't I lead with that? That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's what you should have said. Then I would have had no rebuttal. Absolutely. Uh, let's wrap this up.
0: I do want to talk about uh, the rough week we had in deaths. Uh, little did I know when we brought it up on the cast with James Ellsworth, him and uh, – Volkov were actually really good friends, rode together. Nikolai lived 10 minutes from James Ellsworth. So Wow. The, yeah, that one hit him pretty hard, especially when he was talking about it. i I like to ask you, and I think we talked a little bit before we started recording, but was there a, you know, Brian Christopher passed away, Nikita Volkov passed away. Did you have any connections with either one of them?
1: Well, uh, Nikolai Volkov, I believe I was on some indie shows with, but not the connection like Ellsworth had. Definitely not. Um, that's got to be rough for him. Um, but yeah, with uh, Brian Christopher, um, back when we did uh, like our first TNA house shows, when we were doing them with like um, Hermie Sadler, it'd pretty much be eighty percent, maybe seventy percent um, Impact TNA guys, and the other thirty percent were like. Hermie Sadler guys, or you bring in X W W guys, hence Brian Christopher, and he used to like to bring in like Brian Christopher and Scotty Tuhati and stuff. And um, you know, I, I know Brian Christopher um, from what I heard before I met him. Like he had maybe a rep where you know he wasn't the nicest guy, or whatever the case may be, whatever people would say. But I just when I meet people, and people used to say the same thing about Scott Steiner, right? And I've just learned like you, I, you can't judge anybody until you actually meet them you know so i don't like to go in with any like preconceived notions of how somebody's gonna be because other times i would be like oh i heard this guy's great and so i'm thinking all oh, this guy him and i are gonna be best friends and then it doesn't turn out to be like that and i'm like oh it's kind of a so i just make my own uh, judgments after i meet the people and with brian christopher you know when we met at i remember at our, our one of the first hermy sadler shows, I mean, he was nothing but like super cool to me, to the other people in the locker room. Um, you know, even afterwards, like I he actually like watched my match and he was like, "Good match." And I don't remember the feedback he gave me, um, or, or what the but I remember us talking about it. And then afterwards, like when he was done his match as well, you know, we sat and we watched the show together. And like, you know, he was like, "Oh, why would they do this?" And I actually learned a lot from him because he comes from. You know, even though he played Grandmaster Sexy, a comedy character and all that kind of stuff, he knows wrestling. You know, his father is Joey the King Lawler, who knows wrestling. You know, he's grew up in the business. He knows a lot about it. And it, it, it was nice watching a show with, with somebody like that. Um, and so, I mean, I have nothing but good to say about him and, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough loss for wrestling and for, you know, the wrestling community of his passing and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. Just it sucks to see, you know, when when this type of thing when these type of things happen.
0: Yeah, that's it. was an unfortunate week, and I didn't want to end this podcast on a down note, but I also felt like we should at least bring it up, acknowledge it. Um, other than that, wrapping up, I gotta say, PD, on a high note, I did my second, uh, interview as a wrestling uh, podcaster. Oh, who with? Uh it was the Dr. Huge show. Uh very entertaining. It was an hour long. I actually did it right before you and I started. So it, it you know, I've done one uh radio show out of St. Louis. I've done this one now. It feels good because when I was doing fantasy football, I would, I'd record one podcast a week, but when I was on the radio, I'd do three or four shows a week. Then I would do five or six radio shows, at little quick radio hits throughout the week all around the United States. And then I do another five to seven podcast guest host spots a week. So it's kind of cool to get back in and be wanted by other podcasts. So you guys talked about wrestling? Yes, we, we talked a little bit about this podcast. We talked about wrestling, my thoughts. It's kind of nice when, and I don't feel that way on this one, but you're Petey Williams Impact Wrestler on TV. James Ellsworth, WWE star, and then Dennis Farrell. That's the way, you know, It it's it, not always like that, but that's how I feel. So when people are like, hey, love the show, can I have James on? Can I have Petey on? It's kind of nice to finally get. Hey,
1: do do you want to come on? Wow, this is good. I mean, this is like you're getting like bookings now. Like this is it's growing for you. I'm dude, I'm happy for
0: you. This yeah, that's it, great. It was it was it was really nice. And I'll say this about the Doctor Huge show, show. And I didn't get this from the other one either, but I do get this from other podcasts. They'll reach out and be like, "Hey, like the show," and then they'll chat you up. And you know, you'll see it from a mile away. So uh, can I? Can can you help me get PD on my show? Can you help me get the? And it and it takes away because if you're gonna befriend me on Twitter, wait a week before you ask me to do you a favor. I don't mind doing the favors, uh, but ask ask me a week. Let let us get comfortable with each other. Don't be like, hey, how are you? Weather's good. Sounds great. How's the family? Awesome. Hey, can you put PD on my show?
1: <laughs> it's from one extreme to the other. It, it kind of um, is. Yeah. But you know what? I guess it's so tough in this day and age because, you know, I know when people contact me, they're not like, hey, let's be friends. It's kind of like they get right down to it. Hey, you know, uh are you available this date? What's your booking fee? Where do you fly from? All that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, I appreciate that sometimes because I don't have to waste, like, does this guy want to book me? What's this guy's deal? All that kind of stuff. So, you know, sometimes it's nice if they, uh, you know, reach out to be like, hey, uh, can we get Petey on the show? Or even like, hey, Dennis, do you want to come on our show? Like, just just be right to the point. You know, I mean, it's social media. It's not like we're meeting in person and stuff. It'd be totally different if we're meeting in person. Like, uh, for them to say that to you, like, hey, Dennis, nice to meet you. Uh, where's Petey? Like that's, that's, (laughs) that's rude. Right. But in social media, I guess we're all trying to like, you know, build our own businesses and stuff like that. So I could see how that could feel cold, but man, that's the tough world we live in now, I guess. What
0: do you have coming up?
1: You know, I got the, the tapings coming up that you're going to join me. Um, I know that next Thursday I will be on impact. Uh, yep and then yeah then we go to and film in toronto again at the rebelplex so um if you're listening and you want to go see impact wrestling uh it's august 12th and 13th i believe uh doors open at like when were they opening doors? six quarter after six
0: yeah i think
1: so Oh quarter after six yeah show starts at seven sometimes they try to start a little bit earlier so we get out of there earlier um yeah great times i know uh This week on the show, um, it was KM and Fala versus the Desi Hit Squad. Desi Hit Squad just left myself and Ishimori laying in the ring last week. And I had to age in this match. And, you know, this just goes to show you're asking, do we have fun on, like, TV and all that kind of stuff. And um, I know KM and Fala, they have an angle going on where KM's trying to teach Fala how to be a bad guy. So he's like, hey, you got to poke him in the eye. And, hey, you got to distract the ref and stuff. And I was sitting in the truck, and they're like trying to wrap up the match, but they're they're getting like really close on time. And I think they were start stressing out, and they tried to like you know hurry things up. And um, the end of the match is supposed to be where KM hits one of the guys with the move and goes to cover him, but Falas um, distracting the ref at the wrong time. He's supposed to distract him when the other team's on top, Um, but KM forgot to actually do the cover. And I'm like, KM, hey, what's going on, man? And I kind of got into him, and he's like, oh, man, sorry, I was stressed for time. So this just goes back to show, like, sometimes it's so hard to have fun, you know, on the on the, the wrestling show because you're just thinking about so many other things that you, you, you miss some stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to check out these type of matches, we're going to be at the Rebelplex in Toronto August 12th and 13th.
0: There you go. Don't forget, it's a Wrestling Perspective podcast. Two great podcasts, one awesome feed. Tuesday nights, it's me and James Ellsworth on the Dougcast. Thursday nights, it's me and P.D. Williams on the Wrestling Perspective. The Flagship Show. You can follow P.D. Williams on Twitter at Williams. You can follow me at Dennis77Ferrell. Follow James Ellsworth if you want. He's not on this podcast, so we're not going <laughs> to plug him. Uh, but uh it's this week's podcast thank you guys so much pd this was a podcast my friend oh this sure was all right bye bye